0: This is Jeremiah Latimo, and this is Gates of Perception. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. I'm happy you're here. Today, what we're going to be talking about is five things that if a woman does this, if a woman is doing these five things, wife her, she's a keeper, what are you waiting for? Put a ring on it these five things are incredible indicators of a woman that you can rely on, a woman that you can trust, a woman that you can nurture a healthy, loving relationship with. And these are things that go beyond the superficial surface level things that sometimes we look for in relationships when we look for in our dating encounters. And so of course, context is everything. So take what I share here with a grain of salt, make sure to apply what resonates and whatever doesn't make sure to throw it out because this is not a one fits all approach. This isn't a one size fits all understanding and way to look for a high-quality match, someone that you can really feel excited about building a nurturing, empowering relationship with. This is really based off of my personal experience, of course, and also based off of the men that I work with and the men that I have observed and relationships that I've observed. So I'm going to get into those. And I also want to just remind you that the absence of these can also be a red flag this can be an indication that maybe you want to reflect kind of get a look at your values and analyze where this relationship is heading and how do you feel but again again take everything i share with a grain of salt really filter it through your own experience through your own values and through what works for you, and what doesn't. So let's get into the five things that if a woman does these things, these five things, wife her, she's a keeper. The first one is, of course, if she believes in you and encourages your dreams. Now, this may seem obvious. For a lot of men, they're in relationships with a woman that does not believe in them, does not encourage them does not encourage them to pursue their dreams, not really push them to be their best self. Sometimes this encouragement is really criticism and making that person or trying to shape that man into becoming the man that she needs rather than the man that he's destined to be. So there is a clear difference here. And again, it's going to take you, if you're listening, to really tune into what that feels like in your body when somebody is encouraging you, when somebody is supportive of your dreams, and they're really applauding and celebrating and supporting your growth and your maturation and also the evolution of you as a man. So some things to consider whether you're single or in a relationship is thinking about moments where you've shared with this person, your dreams, your aspirations, maybe even a project that you wanted to start or were curious about or have made some progress with, how did they respond to that? Were they encouraging? Did they tell you how it might not go well? Did they applaud you and celebrate you? Were they even curious? Any curiosity arise from that conversation? Did you feel that? Do they want to know more? Like, these are all things that you can feel and tune into with your body, not things that you can try to make sense of logically, which is why I want to share these things with you, because these are things that are going to force you to move from the intellectualization of the connection and actually feeling into how do you genuinely feel about the person so consider the goals or the dreams that you've pursued since being with that person if you're currently in a relationship now and how supportive have they been in helping you achieve step into that or just supporting you in your endeavor and your pursuit of whatever that goal or dream is so think of those instances uh those moments that have come up and notice Was there an active sense of curiosity and encouragement? And even when you made strides towards that goal or towards that dream, were you celebrated? Did you feel celebrated? Did you even feel safe to express your joy from what you have achieved? And also another powerful thing to consider is when you have setbacks with your goals, with your dreams, and things aren't going the right way, which, again, always happens. There are ebbs and flows when we're pursuing our dreams and stepping into our power. And there are going to be moments where we're going to turn towards the people that we love and who are in our inner circles and to share these losses or these breakthroughs or these moments where we feel stuck and we have challenges, right? So tuning into those moments as well When you faced obstacles and really take note of the emotional and the practical support your partner provided you in those moments, how did they show up? Did they kind of push against the dream and say, hey, you should kind of give it up, uh, stop pursuing that? Or were they encouraging? Did they remind you of your strength when you were down? Did they hold space for your vulnerability in that moment? So these are powerful indicators of someone that is supporting and encouraging, of you stepping into your best self and you achieving and pursuing your goals, and someone that really isn't if you're experiencing the contrast of that. So that's a powerful one because a woman that supports your dreams is the most powerful, powerful experience you can have as a man because the feminine is such a powerful catalyst for us to step into more of who we are. So when that catalyst is not only present, but they're supportive, they're encouraging, they're loving, and they nurture our strengths and they draw out our gifts, our genius, spaces where we didn't even know we could step into or we could evolve, that is something that's irreplaceable. And I think that's the power and the beauty of this dance between the masculine and the feminine. So that's the first one. Let's move into the second one. So the second one is a very, very important one to notice. As a man, you're going to be put in situations where essentially you're paying for the sins of a guy that she was with five years ago. Or even her father so if a woman this is the second thing if a woman speaks about her past partners and her father in a positive light wife her (laughs) like wife her she is a keeper and the reason is because this is a powerful indication of a woman that's doing the work that's been doing the deep work Because there's no doubt that her past partners might have been abusive. She might have gone through some very traumatic experiences with her father. She may have experiences where she was assaulted and was just emotionally, verbally abused in different ways throughout these relationships. I don't doubt that for a second. And so when you have a woman that you're relating with, that despite these experiences, despite being at war with men most of her life, has a positive outlook on her past experiences and and a positive outlook on men in general, that is a keeper. Let me emphasize this, that is a keeper. One, because she's very rare. There are many women that have gone through tough and painful experiences with men. And this has completely, of course, naturally, has clouded their judgment of all men. And so having a woman that, despite these experiences, can say to you, yeah, I was in a relationship that really didn't work out and it was really painful and uh, this guy was really narcissistic or abusive. This, this, and that. And she outlines certain experiences that were really tough for her. And in that, she's expressing gratitude. She's expressing a positive outlook on that experience, a positive takeaway from that experience. And she's not shitting, uh, demonizing even her father, whether he was present or not. Whether he was the best guy or the worst guy, it still takes a lot of work to come to a space when we can look at our past experiences with eyes of gratitude. But again, it takes a lot of deep work. So when a woman is expressing and voicing and bringing you into her past experiences, and she can do so without demonizing, without dehumanizing, any of the men she's been with, and the father that she had, this is a powerful indicator that you are going to be seen as you are. Meaning that the past isn't coloring her present. She's not looking at you and saying, Oh my God, I can't believe he's doing that thing that my ex used to do. Oh my God, he's a... Freaking Aquarius. I once dated an Aquarius and that guy was fucking terrible. Like those projections are more than likely not going to be pasted onto you and her experience with you. Why? Because her positive outlook means that she has been healing her relationship with the masculine. This doesn't mean healing her relationship. With all men. It means the essence of what masculinity is. She has been healing that. So that means in her relationship with herself, she has the capacity to receive her inner masculine, to love her inner masculine, to adore her inner masculine, to cherish and value the strengths and the gifts of her inner masculine. Therefore, she has room to experience yours, your love, your support, your care. And the imprint of these negative experiences are things that she's actively, actively worked on clearing so that when she relates to you, she sees you as you are, not as who these guys were or what they did to her or what they couldn't give her. So this doesn't have to be perfect. Again, it's not about perfection. It's about seeing that someone is actively doing the work. Because a woman can tell you, hey, I don't believe all men are garbage. I don't believe all men are shit. I don't buy into that. I feel that. That's one thing to say. And it sounds good when you're interested in the guy you're talking to, right? But it's another for a woman to actually put that into action. When she's reflecting on her past experiences, when she's voicing things about her relationship with her father, how much of that is filtered through this idea that men are terrible, men are unreliable, men can't do anything for me, and I'm doomed to be with a cheater or a terrible guy, or some narcissistic asshole. The presence or the absence of those ideas are going to be clearly noticed in how she reflects on the past and her outlook of the future. So if you're her present-day relationship, her present-day connection, that's something you want to be mindful about because it's going to bleed through her communication. Just as if you have a deep mother wound and you're very misogynistic, you can't avoid that. I'm sorry, bro. If you are an Andrew Tate supporter and that's your guy, everything you say is going to be evidence of that fact. You can't try to camouflage that. It's going to be written in how you communicate about women. It's going to be written in how you talk about your exes. It's going to be written in what you watch and what you listen to. So something to practice is considering how your partner acknowledges the positive influences of her father or her past partners or maybe even the men in her life and taking notice of how receptive she is to these positive qualities of the masculine. Whether it's support, whether it's provision, Maybe her dad was horrible, but he provided for her, took care of her. Is that something she acknowledges? Is that something that is present in her communication and her reflection of that relationship? So these are things that you really want to make sure that you are tuning into. So this is our third one. This one is really powerful. And it's also going to require you to put yourself in vulnerable situations. So this third one is if she doesn't expect you to be tough and strong all of the time. Meaning that you as a human being have vulnerabilities, you have fears, you have insecurities, you have soft parts of yourself that are not going to make you appear strong, masculine, fierce, uh, capable, or, or stoic. And that's okay. So if you're in a relationship where you want to be able to express the fullness of your humanity, meaning express the fullness of who you are and have the freedom and the safety to be yourself, you need to make sure that your partner This woman that you're with, this woman that you're interested in, doesn't expect you to always be tough, to always have it together, to always know everything. If she can make room for those vulnerabilities, those parts of you that can drop into sadness, grief, and feeling like you are... Not that guy, that you're not him. As all people, men have those moments. And we need spaces where we feel free to drop into those moments. There's this quote that I love. I think it's a poem, but I'm going to paraphrase it. But it goes, The way someone responds to your sadness tells you how long they're going to be in your life. I don't know if that's the exact quote, but that's the gist of it. When we have moments when those parts of us that are not always put together show up in our relationships, how people respond to that tells you a lot about them, tells you a lot about how they think of you, what they expect of you, and also how much they care and love and are supportive of your emotional and mental well-being. So if I have a partner and I drop into a state where I don't feel the best, how she responds to that is going to tell me how safe I am to be in those moments and to share and allow her to experience and witness me in those moments you not having or being expected to be tough all the time doesn't just look like you having a bad day or being sad or crying at times you not being strong and tough all the time also looks like you saying hey i don't know how to do this i don't know how to fix this i don't know the answer to this i'm busy i can't plan that date for us or i'm on a budget tonight can we split dinner even those moments when you are in the heat of the moment, in the bedroom, and you ejaculate, maybe right when things were getting started and things were heating up, how does she respond to you in that moment? This is really about noticing how much capacity does she have to hold the limitations of your humanity. Because like all people, you have limitations. You cannot always be tough, and just as you can expect her to always be soft and sensual and erotic or happy or grateful or excited, she can't always expect you to always have it together, to always be stoic, strong, or stable, or grounded. You are going to falter. You are going to have moments where you have to pick yourself up or look towards her to help you get back up. And so there's this powerful, powerful article written by this woman, Jonaline Fincher, and the title of it is, I Am the Patriarchy. So one of the pieces in the article that she shares is, she says that, I remember the first time my husband admitted he didn't know how to fix something. He seemed paralyzed with bewilderment. I was distraught that this was a deficiency in him and maybe in me. How could I choose a man who didn't know how to fix a kitchen sink? It definitely qualified for a shaming moment. And later on, she goes on to say how we don't want male inadequacy. We teach men shame about their own limitations. And I thought this was very, very beautifully written because it had such a depth of honesty and accountability and ownership that I deeply valued. And I found healing To read as a man. Because in this are thoughts that pervade a woman's mind. I don't doubt it for a second. When the limitations of a man are brought into a moment. Are brought into a scene. Sometimes these thoughts actually make it out her mouth. She may voice these things to you. She may criticize you. She may shame you in that moment. And other times she may park it in her mind. But the shame is there. And that shame may fester if it goes unchecked. That shame can become disrespect. That shame can become resentment. That shame can be looking at you through the lens of you are inadequate. I can't rely on you. I can't trust you. I can't depend on you. All because your limitations are things that she has not learned to hold within the masculine, things that she has not learned to make room for within the masculine. So a woman that can actually lean into that, not from a place of coddling you, not from a place of being your mother, but from a place of being your partner, your equal, someone on the journey of life with you that understands the challenges that come with trying to become successful taking care of a family, taking care of a home, or pursuing your dreams. That is someone that you can rely on. That is someone that you can trust with your heart. I want you to think about moments where you were in a moment that you would see as a vulnerable one. And you looked towards this person for support, or a safe space. And how did she respond? How did you navigate that scene with her? And how safe did you feel to actually express those without the fear of being judged? This is a perfect transition into my fourth one, which is if she considers your emotional and physical needs to the same degree as she does her own. This is a beautiful, beautiful indication of a woman that cares about you, generally cares about you. And sometimes we might have the opposites of this experience. So one opposite is that she actually cares more about your emotional and your physical health than she does her own, which is not a positive indicator. That Someone that's self-abandoning and not showing up for themselves and that could lead into a lot of resentment and passive aggression. Now, the other extreme can be someone that just literally makes it known through their actions that they consider themselves far more important and their emotional needs far more important than yours. And so these are two extremes that we want to make sure we're not relating to in ourselves and in the people that we're bringing into our intimate life, into our intimate circles. So making sure to think about and reflect on moments when you've needed not only emotional support, but you also needed your emotional needs to be considered. And so those emotional needs also include your boundaries, right? They also include moments when what you need conflicts with what the person needs from you. And that can be challenging for a lot of people to navigate, not just for you voicing that, but for them receiving it because that can be triggering. So how do they weather that? How do they navigate that? Does that become a conversation of, you need to change your boundaries up, you need to let that down, Let's negotiate and make sure that I can get what I want from this situation. Or is there a moment where there's a clear indication of consideration around your boundary and making space for that just as much as they make space for their own boundaries or their own needs. And also thinking about ways in which this is embodied in their actions. So this can be as little as... I know you don't drink enough water. I made some tea for you or I got you a glass of water as I was filling up my own. Or this can be as deep as, hey, I know you have been stressed out about work these last couple of days. What ways can I show up in our relationship that support you or kind of relieve you of the stress? of these other responsibilities that you have in your life. That is someone that's really taking time to consider your emotional and your physical needs. And these are just small gestures, but they go a really long way. And they're powerful measures and indicators of someone that's really thinking about you, that really takes time to listen to what you express, not just in the things that you're excited about and the things that you want, but also the things that you're struggling with and sometimes the things that may be holding you back from being the best version of yourself. All right, we got our fifth one. This is the last one and this one is a goodie. What the fuck? Did I just say a goodie? Okay, ignore that. So this last one is really important. I actually want everyone to think about this. I want everyone to think about the last four that I've shared. Because this can be applicable to all human beings when you are choosing and vetting someone to spend the rest of your life with. Or you're just reflecting on how you currently feel about the relationship you're in and the person that you've chosen. So this fifth one is if she embodies her values. This is huge because there's a step that people take in creating, nurturing, and empowering relationships. And this step is realizing that you can't build a relationship off of passion, hot sex, and mutual interest. You actually need shared values, shared goals, and a shared vision for the future. And so that's a powerful step towards an empowering relationship. Great. The next step is to actually see if the person embodies their values. Because this is the thing. It is one thing to say, hey, I value family. I value honesty, transparency, healthy communication. It is a whole other thing to actually walk the talk. To actually live that in your life. And we can see this in our relationship to these governments and these politicians. They may say that they care about healthcare and schools and the citizens of their city or their country, and that may just be to get our vote. They may tell us all of the things we want to hear, which they usually do. But when they enter into that seat of influence, whether that's a mayor, a senator, a president, now we really get to see, do they put those things that they said and they promised into action during their campaign, right? Do we really see that embodied in their policies, in what they're placing our budget towards? We want to translate this whole understanding over into relationships. Because people will look at you and tell you, wait, I do value that. That's a value of mine too. I want that. I've always wanted that. And it's a whole other thing to actually see this person embody it. To actually see these things in action. So a good example of this that I recently read on an article that I thought was really interesting was this woman was sharing about her date And it was a date with a guy that she was really excited about. She was really into for some time. And what had happened was she remembered communicating and even having some level of connection around the fact that her and this guy had a shared value. And that value was animals. They cared about animal rights. They cared about the protection of animals. They cared about the safety of animals and the health of wildlife and things like that. So there was an incident where she was driving down a road and in the middle of the road, there was a turtle and she immediately pressed the brakes, wanted to run out to make sure the turtle was safe and that the turtle could cross the street without being hit by any of the cars. So she blocked off all of the cars coming behind her and wanted to secure the safety of that turtle. And what happened for her in that incident was she realized that her person, the guy she was interested in, had a completely different reaction. This guy immediately started screaming at her telling her that she's nuts, she's crazy. Why is she stopping? There's going to be a car that's going to hit her. There's going to be all these other people that are going to be upset and we're stopping traffic and all of these things to make sure this turtle gets across the street. And he was actually really upset at the fact that she chose to stop. And so she still got out the car, ensured the safety of that turtle. And after that, she lost all attraction to this guy. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because in that incident, it was an opportunity for both people to demonstrate that they value the well-being of animals. If that is your value, then even for me, I would have really jumped out of the car and made sure the turtle was safe. I would have been really concerned and made sure everything was okay and that it wasn't hurt because that's my value. And if I'm in that situation and moments where I have been in that situation, that is what happens for me. So these are examples. These are just examples where we can get a clear understanding of whether this person can actually embody their values because you can't build a future with somebody Just on the sole fact alone that they say that they share these values with you. If you want to build an empowering relationship with someone, you have to make sure that they place these values into action. That these are things that you feel they are living, that they are embodying. So whether that's for you family, well, how does this person speak about their family? How do they relate to children? Not just saying, hey, I love children. I can't wait to have, you know, five little boys and girls running around the house. It's another to actually go into a setting, a family setting, maybe a gathering or so, and watching how they actually relate to the children there. That says a lot. Oh, this person actually does want to be a father, does want to be a mother. And look at how they're showing up in this space where there are children present. So with each of your values, you can actually reflect from honesty, is this person an honest person? Does this person keep secrets? Are they okay with keeping secrets? That is an indication this person doesn't really embody their values. So go down the list. Whatever that is for you, it can come down to respecting women. It can come down to respecting men. It can come back to spiritual values and principles as well. Make sure to reflect and to observe and to discern how does this person demonstrate a consistent alignment between their verbal expression of their values and actually the tangible actions and demonstrations of those values. That is my five and... I would love to hear your thoughts, anything that stood out to you. Maybe there's something here that I miss that you wish I would have included. Feel free to send that to me via Instagram. I have really appreciated all the shares from past episodes and people sharing their takeaways with me. So feel free to message me about anything you took away from this episode and i want to say thank you all for joining me for today and i'm going to wish you a beautiful rest of your day and beautiful evening wherever you are in the world and i'll see you on the next one peace